Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. Our youth group, G1, is now meeting Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Our Sunday morning worship service has moved to 10.30 a.m., both in person and online. We are asking that you would please RSVP for your children only by visiting our website, newhope365.church, and clicking the red button. And now, here is today's message. Today, I'm going to continue to hit the topic of knowing you and your identity, and I've chosen an appropriate uh, title, Does the F Word Really Matter? Does the F Word Really Matter? Um, forgiveness. The topic, the topic is forgiveness. Today, Scripture, we're going to look at this topic of forgiveness, and it's, we're going to wrestle it down a little bit. And Scripture talks about forgiveness, and it's a Christian, and what the Christian role is. But is it, is it really that easy? So you're a Christian, and I'm a Christian. We're all Christians. And so we are living, walking bastions of forgiveness. Right? We just do not care what anybody says or what anybody does. Personally, to our families, to our church, to our workplaces, we are Christians. Therefore, do whatever you want because we are Christians and we believe in forgiveness. Is that how it works? Is that how it works? And, and so, Ephesians hits this topic and it exposes what some of us would go, would go, it's really not the real F word, but I would say it's forgiveness is, and it's one that many people, if they're wrestling with it, would really hate that word. Because scripture teaches about it and, and lays it out for us. And, and so today, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25 and following. And it's in, if you go to the Bible app, there's actually last week's message and now this week's message. So we're actually on week 14, um, looking through Ephesians and your identity. Paul gets to this this topic um, in verse 25, and he's speaking to how are we as Christians to live? How are you to live? How am I to live? What does this look like? And he says, okay, stop telling lies, verse 25. Let's tell our neighbors the truth, for we all are, are all parts of the same body. So somebody comes and tells you the truth, and you get ticked off. Well, I told them the truth. And you're like, hmm, I'm not liking that. Tell the truth. Yeah, it works for me if I tell you. But when you tell me, and don't sin by letting your anger control you, Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. How many sunsets have you had with anger? Okay? And and for anger gives a foothold to who? Satan, the devil. And if you are a thief, and this is interesting, and if you are a thief, if you're in here and you're a thief, stop. Quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. You see, there's a change and a transition that's taking place and um, says, don't use foul or abusive language. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Use whatever that means for you. You're like, well, my language isn't that foul. I don't know. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. 
Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Now, this is big for the early church. They're hearing this and going, whoo, there's a lot going on in culture, and there's a lot of persecution, and there's a lot of struggle, and we definitely don't want to miss redemption. (laughs) We don't want to miss that. Get rid of all bitterness, rage. Let me repeat that. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. And then the verse that you probably, if you grew up in the church for any length of time, you know, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, and I'm not uh, reciting that, I'm reciting it in the KJV, King James Version, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, what? In Christ has forgiven you. And just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So what we see here is Paul is speaking to the reality of this is the way you can live. And we know this in, in, if you, if you're walking in relationship with God and you, and you understand scripture and you've been learning and growing that, that it's something that is a non-negotiable for the kingdom of God. We forgive. We let go. We don't harbor bitterness. We, we let that wrestle itself down. Now think, think about this then. Why is it so hard to forgive? Question. And is it possible in and of yourself to forgive? Question. What you got? Why is it so hard? We feel entitled. We feel entitled. Yeah, online, type it in, whatever you're thinking. We've, oh, no, good, it's good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very, very thoughtful. Sometimes if we, if we forgive and we go, well, we're justifying the, the actions of the, you know, the victimizer, so to speak. Yeah, it's great. What else? <laughs> yeah. We, we, we've been hurt. We want to inflict some level of judgment <laughs> upon someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah, right? Thank you, Lord. We have memories. Yeah, and we just can't, you know, and, and is it okay? And you hear this before. You need, you're a Christian, you need to forgive and forget. But we forget that God doesn't forget because God is all-knowing. He knew you before you were formed, right? Scripture talks about that. And you go, well, wait, wait. He throws our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. Okay, what does that mean? Does that mean that God goes, I no longer recall that? Well, then he wouldn't be God, would he? And you're going, well, I don't know if that's biblical or not. 
And I'm saying to you today that as we talk about this topic of forgiveness, there's a lot of thoughts on it. You've been taught, I've been taught, we've tried to practice, and in many ways we go, what do we do? And then we walk around and somebody says, well, you just need to. And I'm going, do I really need to? I mean, come on. I'm justified at some level. Imagine being in this church in Ephesus and in the church in Corinth and in the church in Galatia and all of these, in in Philippi that Paul was writing to, and they are under immense persecution. And now, imagine, oh, hmm, we took your wife last night, and Nero lit her up in his garden. We took your child because of something you did, and we destroyed, however, your child. And Paul goes, you need to let it go. I think you have lost your mind, Paul. I think you're crazy. Imagine they couldn't, that the New Testament church, because of their, of signing, so to speak, on the dotted line saying, I'm a little Christian, I'm a little Christ in culture, living for this one who gave his, paid the ultimate price for me in my sin. Literally, I'm going to live that way. Now I can't sell and I can't literally live in governmental structures because I believe in Jesus? And he's going, be kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ, through Christ has forgiven you. And I'm going, That and those words are something I couldn't wrap my mind around in the New Testament beginnings. Because of the fact that more than likely I'm going to die as a martyr for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to leave this life and there has got to be something better. There's got to be something that I know that they don't know. There's got to be something that I see that they don't see. There's got to be a hope that I have that they don't have. And what the Holy Spirit is working in and through me and will work in and through you is if you'll allow this process to work itself out, you will literally walk different, talk different, see different, and think different if you'll allow the process of God's forgiveness to to percolate and stir in your soul so that you live your life beyond offense. Whew. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so, so I'm paving the way for a topic in which I'm, gonna sh- which I'm, I'm getting ready, and I'm not going to do it today because I need you all to come back at some point and listen again. <laughs> and and the, the, the thing that I want to wrestle down in this topic of forgiveness is what? Is what is forgiveness really? And what is forgiveness really not? And how does that impact you? How does that impact me? And so, <laughs> if you grew up in my church, little old independent Baptist church in you know, southern Wisconsin, and, and you, you, you would assume that you walked into a, something of Amityville horror-ish stuff. 
<laughs> you know, where it's like, oh, you know, you walked in and, and it's like, welcome to our church where, where we choose to be intentionally bitter towards you. <laughs> and, and I would sit in church and I'm thinking, if this is church and if this is what the body of, of what, what God set in place, no thanks. No thanks. Not interested. I'm like, man, if, if the church can't get forgiveness right, and if the church can't get graciousness right and dealing with one another, then who will? But yet, here's the thing. Did you know that if you're in Christ, as Paul spoke and speaks of in Ephesians, your identity, a book, Ephesians, of your identity in Christ, is that you are a people that are forgiven. You are a people that are forgiven, and you are a people of forgiveness. And how is that possible? It's possible by you practicing this, this intimate relationship with God that sees the Spirit of God begin to do what? Change the internal. The inter- by that, I'm talking about your spirit, your soul, everything inside. I'm not, I'm not just talking about your physical, but I will say this. People that are better tend to have physical issues. They do. They tend, tend to have physical issues. So we walked in, walk into my church, and we, we, could fight over, we could fight over carpet. We could fight, fight over shades. We could fight over decorations. We could fight over... We could fight over a specific doctrinal issue, and I don't know if you've ever fought over doctrinal issues, and I'm not saying we shouldn't stand up for what is right in truth of the Word of God, but I, but I don't think it's ever worth saying some of the things that were said to my family and said to other families, and the growth rate of our church was a great negative 10%. Okay? And I'm curious. I'm curious. I wonder what your experiences have been over the years. And, and growing up, in what environments you were in, were they, let me just ask you for fun. What type of environment did you grow up in a forgiving or a not so forgiving environment? And if you're online, just enjoy the moment. Who in this room? Who grew up in environment maybe that was less than forgiving? Who in this room? Yeah. Yeah? What is that, and what does that look like? What, is that, what does that feel like? It's not love. It's the opposite. And, you don't, and, and part of my journey towards coming to faith in, in Christ was this, was experience the forgiveness, was experience the forgiveness of my father that paved the way for my relationship back to Christ. And part of the relationship of our community and your communities and your jobs and in your environments is you letting go and being a people of forgiveness so that they can see what Jesus is really all about. And that, that's the DNA of a new birth that you have in Christ Jesus. <laughs> One of the things that, that maybe you've wrestled with during COVID is people. <laughs> you know, you're walking around and people are like, you got a mask on. And you're like, you don't. And you've been vaccinated and you're not. And you're like, well, you should, and we should have faith, and you should have no fear, and you should like, well, you should be wise, and you should be nice, and why is it that you're doing that? And everybody's looking at each other, and we all have, we all have opinions, and so forth. And so, it literally, it, 
in there, I'm looking at it like there's no harm, no foul, and there's a little jab, and here's the thing. And regardless of whether you know it or not, little seeds have been planted in your soul towards people. And the Lord is saying, don't let that happen. But you don't understand. People are so awful in the way that they, I don't understand how you could be a Christian and think that way. God is calling us as the church to live beyond offense. And when we begin to live non-carnally, we begin to look past the people and their flaws and their issues and their and what some would say is stupidity or ignorance or whatever, and go, I choose to love you regardless. So that no seed is remaining in there and, and continues to grow. So to grow in that in that area. Um, let me use a story of uh, of a gal by the name of Lynn. Lynn, uh, she grew up in a Christian home. Lynn grew up um, in a Christian school. Lynn uh, memorized scripture, uh, read the Bible from the beginning to the very end. Lynn was an incredible uh, student, an incredible uh, understander of the Bible, memorized scripture, all of this type of stuff. And, and there's only one problem. Is Lynn <laughs> was very legalistic. And Lynn could tell you what was right and wrong all the time. And Lynn would share those things with people and she became legalistic and judgmental of people and would tell them exactly what she thought and all of that. Here's the problem. Lynn then, they, her family leaves the church and with that she leaves and, and is wrestling through what her belief is and all of that type of stuff, but continues to wrestle down relationship and, and is this for real? Whatever. She comes to the realization that she had all this knowledge, but she was truly never saved and had never given her life to Jesus Christ. So she had scripture, she had teaching, she was educated, all of this. And you know why Lynn? From, from the story told to me, the reason she was so legalistic and so judgmental was, one, she lacked the relationship because she truly had never, never given her life to Jesus. And, and two, with Lynn, because she felt judged, she did what? She, in turn, judged other people. And so when she would, and so when she would sit and judge people, she, she was like, that's how I feel. And until she had a true encounter with Christ, and she had that towards the beginning of her freshman year of college. And it wasn't until that time that she realized I had all this knowledge, but I'd never truly, I'd never truly asked for forgiveness. Or she goes, I always ask for forgiveness. And like, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. But she never truly had an experience with this risen Savior. She had knowledge, but she didn't have relationship. What we are looking for in the body of Christ is not any more knowledge, though knowledge isn't wrong. We are looking for relationship, and out of that relationship comes the wisdom and insight and direction of God. Okay? So, so when that happened, what happened to Lynn? She began to set aside legalism and love people right where 
they were. Because you know what? She, because she experienced the power of forgiveness, she could forgive. Because she experienced the power of forgiveness through Christ, she could forgive. So can you forgive? And you're like, well, yeah. Yeah, that guy driving down the street, he flipped me off. Yes, no problem. That's not the problem. The guy on the street and the guy in the, in the neighborhood, this random person walking by you, this random person at work, is not the problem. It's our relationships with our family, our relationships within the body of Christ. It's our relationship with our children. It's our relationship that, that literally, where does bitterness and unforgiveness, man, I can let people, I can let, anybody can do something to me and I'm like, yeah, I'm a relationship, I'm not taking it personal. Go have a good life, jump off a cliff. Just being human. But you know where bitterness and unforgiveness settles in? And where the enemy has play into our soul? Is in the closeness of our relationships. That's where bitterness begins to set in. Because somebody close to you, somebody that you trusted, somebody that you believed in, somebody that you hoped for, somebody that you, you thought, man, I trusted them, and boy, oh boy, they just, I, honestly, they are a loser, and they can just die. And God says, no, that's not wrong. Nope, you can't live that way. Oh, you can. But then you've not experienced my true forgiveness over your life. And you're not walking in that grace. And you're not allowing the Holy Spirit's transformative, uh, the, the transformative ways that he works in you to where literally you could get to the place that says this. Paul goes, For me to live is Christ, and to die would be gain. You cannot hurt or offend a dead man walking. Because the Spirit of God in them allows the stuff inside them to decrease and the Spirit of God to increase. And it's the power of forgiveness. So, the Apostle Paul. We come to look at this Ephesians 4, but you go to a story in Acts chapter 7, and it's the stoning of Stephen. <laughs> Can you imagine this? Hey, Stephen, we see that you've been baptized and you've had an encounter with the risen Savior, and we're going to, we're going to lay our hands on you, and we're going to um, pray that you receive the Holy Spirit, and he receives the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 7, and he, as he, his, his, and he begins to then what? Be empowered to be a deacon in the new, a deacon. Sign up to be a deacon. Anybody in here ever be a deacon? Anybody ever, ever be an elder? Hey, we're going to sign you up. We're going to lay hands on you. And oh, a couple weeks later, you're going to die. <laughs> you know? What? And so in Acts chapter 7, we know that Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, goes and is, is, is being taken in. And he's basically saying, here's what the kingdom of God looks like, and here's what you all have done, but it's the Spirit of God working through him. It's not Stephen going, you loser, no good, awful, terrible, whatever. No, he's speaking what the Spirit of God is speaking through him. <laughs> and, and they begin to gnash their teeth. 
and they throw him out. And over here stands a man whose name at the time was Saul. And they come and they say, hey man, put your coats, lay it all over here and all that. And it says they began to stone Stephen and Saul before he was named Paul, is sitting on looking, watching, and no doubt the seeds of anger and rage and bitterness and self-justification. Because he was on a mission from God. And he believed that that heretic that was there being stoned, that that heretic deserved to die. And Saul had no understanding of the love and grace of God. He only had this. He only had the teaching. He only had the, the, the he had studied under the best. He had whatever. But he had missed the point of this relationship with God. And then he gets to hear words that he has never heard especially from somebody that's taken a nice old chunk of rock to the cranium. And all of a sudden, Stephen prays that God would forgive Saul. And Stephen's prayer, he, he answers this prayer of Stephen. And, I mean, imagine that. Stephen being stoned and he says, Father, please Forgive them. Don't hold them. This guy over here holding the coats, these people throwing the rocks, don't hold it against them. How would you respond? And Saul, undoubtedly, through multiple, multiple experiences, he had witnessed deaths of people under the banner of God, and then Saul on a road to Damascus experiences forgiveness of all his sins, including the murder of Stephen, and he changed his name to Paul. And then, what did Paul experience? The power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. And today, I'm going to ask you this, some questions. Have you ever considered how sinful you are? Imagine writing down every wrong that you've ever done, everything you should have done or haven't done. Imagine that. How long would that take? Imagine that. Okay. How about every sinful thought you've ever had? Write it down. Just write, you know, write it down. You're like, write it down. Every sinful word you've communicated, every sinful motive that's compelled you to do anything, even simply, uh, seemingly good things. Now, now imagine all of the things that you've done from the beginning to now, from where you've been to here. And of course, you're understanding that. We, I mean, we just talked about this um, in the last couple of weeks that your identity is I'm new in Christ. And you're like, well, why are you bringing this back up? Wait, I'm new. I'm forgiven. Because the church in their identity has to get this idea of forgiveness amongst us. And then imagine, now consider that each of the sin on your, sins on your list is a direct assault on God and his rightful place of ruler of creation. It's a direct assault. Whether you say it, whether you do it, whether you, however you sinned, thought, acted, it's a direct assault on God. And so, in response to the sin, 
God justly pours out his what? Wrath on unrepentant sinners. Those who continually oppose him with their actions, inaction, and thoughts. Now, here's, here's where I'm going to wrap up today. The doctrine of God's wrath isn't popular, is it? Because some, some of us are sitting here going, yeah, but there are some people that need wrath. There are some people that just need wrath. It's just what they need. I mean, I, I watched them on the news last night. I watched them, you know, I heard them. They're terrible. And, and, and the fact is, is that in the Old Testament alone, nearly 20 year, words are used for God's wrath, which is spoken of roughly 600 times in the Old Testament alone. In the New Testament, the wrath of God appears roughly 25 times, including Ephesians 5, 6, which plainly says the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. And so, can God really hate? Isn't God love? And did you know that the Bible actually speaks of God's anger, wrath, and fury more than love, grace, and mercy? And you're like... That's my God. That's my God. Man, I knew I believed in him for a reason. I knew it. To which our Heavenly Father goes, no, I have a plan. And you're going to leave a lot up to me. But you're going to be glad you did. Because if you don't leave it up to me, you're going to experience something you never wish you'd experienced. But if you leave it up to me, you're going to experience love, grace, and mercy like you've never encountered before. And I'm telling you, our God is wanting the church to get this. And this is why it's a big deal. So I'm going to have you bow your head and close your eyes. Next week I'm going to get in to the forgiveness and what it is and the forgiveness and what it's not. And I'm going to talk about how did we get to this place as the church in which many, and I'm not just talking new hope, with all heads bowed and eyes closed, it's not just new hope. It's the church worldwide. And the New Testament church was so empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit that they could go to the stake and be burned. They could be persecuted for the sake of Christ and still, and they could be stoned like Stephen and go, God, don't hold it against them. Please forgive them. That's what God is wanting to do in his church today. That is what God is wanting to do in his people today. Our little offenses, our little issues, our little our seeds of bitterness have to be removed to allow and allow the spirit of God to have his way. Spirit of the living God, have your way. Holy Spirit, right now over your church, have your way. Spirit of the living God, I pray that you'll begin to free us as people from offenses, that we would not be offenders and we would not be living in offense because of people and what they say and all of that, but out of the abundance of our relationship, we would practice Acts 7, Stephen love. And oh God, in any way, if we've been the Paul, the Saul, the person that's sat alongside and we didn't realize that we were thinking that we had faith and we thinking that we were living 
because we, are, we cannot allow the things that are said and done. And that, we can't, that, be, that can't be justified. We've got to do something. Oh God, may us as the church, we the church, grow in our faith and trust and leave the outcomes up to you. And God, for those of us that are wrestling with that idea, help us to dig a little bit deeper to understand your amazing grace and your amazing love. And at the same time, understanding that you are just and that you do have anger and you do have wrath. And God, that as we learn and understand what that really means, that we are free to live as disciples of yours, Jesus. We are free to forgive Thank you, God. It's all for your glory. All for your glory. Strengthen your church today, I pray. And those online, strengthen them as well. In your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to dive deeper, join Pastor Jason on Tuesday mornings at 1130 for the Truthcast on Instagram Live. And of course, you can access our sermons, devotional series, and podcasts, as well as music and lesson videos for children and families right from the New Hope 365 app, available in any app store.